The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep at His right hand, but the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger and welcome thee, or naked and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick or in prison and visit thee? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see thee hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to thee? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, As you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am a cradle Episcopalian. I was born, baptized, confirmed raised within the arms of this church. For at least eight generations, I can trace my family being Anglican or Episcopalian all the way back to England. Growing up, I lived a religiously sheltered life, as it were, never going to any other churches. I really never knew how other people worshipped, what other people did on their Sunday mornings. Now, in a few of the towns I lived in, in North Georgia Georgia as a boy, we shared our parish with Greek and Russian Orthodox Christians. So I was exposed to that Christian tradition, but that's about it. 
And in those parishes, we would alternate between the Book of Common Prayer service, what we do here today, and the Orthodox Divine Liturgy from Sunday to Sunday. But it really wasn't very different than what we do on Sunday mornings. Nor was the Orthodox practice of religion all that different from what I already knew. So I lived a sheltered life. In many ways, ignorant to the dealings of other churches. Ignorant of others' experience of Christianity. Went to church every week. Fasted and feasted appropriately. Went to daily morning prayer with my mother and we prayed the rosary. Prayed in the house morning and evening offices. I volunteered at shelters and food banks. Went to parish bazaars and parish parties. I lived the life of a young Episcopalian. A happy, God-fearing life. And I remember when all that changed. And this past week jarred my memory about it. I was looking on the internet at what movies were in the theater hoping for a possible date night with my wife. And I saw that the movie Footloose had been remade and was showing again. Now, thinking about the movie Footloose brought back a flood of memories and a religious awakening from my youth. And the day that everything changed was the summer on my 12th year on this earth. I was awakened, lost my innocence, so to say. In the summer of 1984, Footloose was unleashed on the world and on my naivete. Now, for those of you who might not remember the movie or might not have cared anything about it, it stars Kevin Bacon and John Lithgow, at least the original one does. The movie is based in a small Midwestern conservative farming community, and it revolves around a minister and his daughter, a young student and outsider who moves into the community from some urban area, I forget, and then a bunch of high school students. Now, the theme of the movie is that this minister has so convinced this small community that dancing is evil that it becomes against the law, literally against the law to dance. Now, this minister preaches during the movie the idea that dancing leads to damnation and is therefore evil. Dancing is of Satan. And I, with all my sheltered devotions and life within the Episcopal Church, was shocked, dismayed that this movie would portray the Christian faith in such an absurd or at the least foreign manner. Who would ever believe that? Who could ever think that any Christian would forbid dancing? The parish I was in at the time had a little ballet company. We had the dance instructor. The Greeks among us regularly broke into dance in the parish halls at coffee hour. The idea that dancing was evil was bizarre. It was so far-fetched for my young mind that the movie lost all credibility. So I thought, what Christians would outlaw dancing? I began to ask questions and began to look around my own community. And I also began to, for the first time, realize not all Christians are the same. As I asked around, as I looked into other church communities, I was stunned. I was astonished to find out that this whole dancing thing was not made up from the minds of these movie people. That there were, in fact, Christian communities who equated dancing with damnation. In fact... When I began looking around and asking questions, I found out all sorts of forbidden things that could lead to damnation. <laughs> That's right. One of the more common of those damnable offenses 
was the consumption of alcohol. Now, let me get this straight. While the church teaches very clearly that the abuse of alcohol is indeed sinful, drinking beyond reason, to drink in moderation was commonplace. It's been a part of the church's life since there was a church. It's commonplace among the adults at my parishes. We use wine for the liturgy. We drank wine at parish festivals. And one of the smells I associate with midnight, mass, with Christmas, one of the lasting memories of Christmas for me, my dearest memories, was sleeping on the pew so late at night as a young boy with the smell of incense and candles lingering around. And over that, the smell of bourbon from all the pre-mass parties on Christmas Eve. <laughs> It's a wonderful smell, and I I always, when I think of Christmas, that's what I think of. (laughs) Now, certainly, all of these people, my people, devout Christians, couldn't be going to hell. And so I wondered, where in the world did all of these edicts and prohibitions come from, and why hadn't I heard of them before? The Bible was read every day in my house. My mother saw to that. I went to church at the least every Sunday. Why hadn't I been warned of the dangers of dancing? I asked my parish priest at the time about all I had learned in my struggles, and he replied, Anglicans focus more on winning winning heaven than avoiding hell. Death is conquered, Christ is king. Death is conquered, Christ is king. I didn't understand all of that for many years. Is it not the same thing to work to win heaven and to avoid hell? Perhaps it is. But it is also... At its very heart, a much different understanding of what it is to be a Christian. What it is to follow Jesus Christ. So I looked and I looked throughout the Bible to try to find out how and why the movie Footloose was not based on wild and unfettered imaginations in Hollywood. And why it had truth within it. Now, in my searchings, I found several places in which Jesus Christ talks about the inheritance of life eternal, talks about salvation. One such place is Matthew's 19th chapter. A rich man confronts Jesus and asks him what he must do to inherit eternal life. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life, he asks. Jesus says to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There's one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. The rich man says to him, which ones? You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. Within the commandments of Moses, there is no prohibition against the consumption of alcohol. There is no prohibition against dancing. Jesus tells us to love God, love our neighbor. Now there's another place that speaks of salvation that speaks of the conditions of our judgment, speaks of heaven and hell, the final judgment. And that place is within this morning's gospel message. And these are, in fact, the only conditions you will find that our Lord speaks of concerning judgment and condemnation. For the past few weeks, our gospel readings have led up to this point, from the triumphal entry into Jerusalem to the confrontation with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians. Last week, we got the parable of the talents. We were bidden to use the spiritual gifts God has given us to act in the place of Christ until he returns. Now, all of that is summed up this morning. 
And in that summation, we get the conditions, what we will be judged for in the gospel. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and give thee drink? The king will answer him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. There you have it. The conditions for our final judgment is given by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, King of King and Lord of Lords. Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, visit the sick and those in prison. In other words, have compassion on everyone you see. And to the best of your ability, provide for the basic human needs of others. Provide for the needs of others. This is Christ the King Sunday. This is the Sunday where we acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the only source of our earthly unity, the only source of salvation the world knows. This is the day we remember and proclaim whom it is we serve, whom it is who is our governor and our ruler, the God to whom we pledge undying loyalty. We gathered here this morning, our members, of his kingdom. And he has assigned us our duty. Now part of that duty is to rejoice with him. To dance and to make merry. To celebrate his being king of the universe. There is an element, the virtue of joy that should always go before us and follow behind us in whatever we do. We should be joyful. There is also the duty of compassion. This is the condition of our judgment. Were you compassionate? Were you merciful? This duty to compassion and mercy has it as its foundation, as its essence, the truth that every person is made in the image and the likeness of God Almighty. So when we care for others, when we care for the least among us, we care for God himself. If someone, therefore, is hungry or thirsty, is dying of hunger... It's our duty and privilege to feed them. For in doing so, we care for the image and likeness of God. If someone is sick and in this sense dying, we do not throw them away as the world would throw them away. Rather, we acknowledge that they bear within them the image and likeness of God. They are of God and we care for and we visit and we hold and we comfort them. We love them and treat them as we would treat God himself. So if you are concerned, and you should be, about winning heaven and avoiding hell, this is the place to start. Compassion. Mercy. Live a life of compassion and of mercy and take care of the least among you. Do not make false idols out of things like dancing or live lives in judgment of others. Be hard on yourself and lenient with all those around you.
rejoice in the fact that we are servants of the kingdom of God. Jesus loves us, each and every one of us. Jesus desires our salvation. Let us take that love and care for the least among us. Let us be a people of compassion. Let us be a people of mercy. Let us be a people that sees the image and likeness of God in every other living human being and that loves them for that image. But let us not, on this feast of Christ the King, be a people of condemnation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.